Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. Today we're going to look at a topic that's very dear to my heart, obviously because I have spent a lifetime looking at research and applying that through action-based models of what is actually happening in practice. We hear people talk often about how we move theory to practice, but what's most important before we even start to look at how we build and connect the two is what is the value of research? Why bother taking the time, and it costs money for everyone involved, why bother taking the time to research subject matters? And what is the benefit of educational research for teachers in the classroom? Before we begin looking at the reasons, I think one thing that stood out for me this week is I was contacted regarding the use of my work within a school because my work is evidence-based and it is founded on the research of over 8,000 practicing teachers and a survey that was then taken with a few thousand extra on top of that. So one of the things we look at in research is sample size. So one thing that happened for me this week was someone who has engaged in my work, a school that has engaged in my work. I was sent by a teacher the use of my work that has been unreferenced and aligned with other practices that are not research-based. So an example that I saw was we talk about Dimension 3, which is about redirections. And we talk about with four dimensions how to become less public with your redirections. And for a number of reasons, my research showed when we reduce the intrusive interactions of teachers to students in the teaching and learning space, it does not stop or break the flow of learning. The second is it will reduce the frustration of teachers. And then it also has benefits in regard to how students can continue with curriculum. These findings came from thousands of hours of classroom observations and looking for patterns and themes that were consistent across the research. Now that wouldn't have happened unless I was able to see it in practice and then also measure through a survey if these findings were correct or not. So Dimension 3 looks at our redirections and how we have an amber footprint, how we respond to students who are off task or doing inappropriate behaviours. Now Dimension 2 looks at how we set the foundation through reinforcement and Dimension 1 looks at how we set the expectations and then look for those moments that we can interact or set those reinforces. So this document that I was sent aligned Dimension 3, which is redirections, with an old term through the essential skills of classroom management called waiting and scanning. Now these two do not align. So in this practice, teachers have been now told and informed that these two skills are ways that you can meet the needs of a research-based program with a program that is not research-based with current evidence in classrooms. Now I'm not saying that the waiting and scanning may not be relevant, although my research has shown that the old skill of wait and scan which states five to 10 seconds, which this school has put on their slide and on their documents. Any classroom today where you wait for students for up to 10 seconds, my research, again, current research-based practices have shown that you're going to lose that mob buy-in, that you will lose multiple students who are already ready to do the work. So we need to be really careful about how we use research. And if we want to be known as an evidence-based school, 
that is founding our work and our move forward, our improvement agenda on research-based practices, then make sure that is what they are. So let's look at a few reasons. Why is research important, particularly in an educational setting? The first is it expands your knowledge base. This was absolutely paramount for me and it was a personal journey. When I started my PhD, and I have six degrees, so multiple degrees from sociolinguistics, psychology was my first degree, obviously teaching, it's what I've done for the last 25, 30 years nearly now. But I have always done research, not just study, and there is a big difference here, research is about expanding the knowledge base of what we think we already know. So when I started my research, I, with all of that knowledge I had, I had a very definite belief and understanding about a particular observational program. I went into my research to prove that it was the best thing since sliced bread. In that research, I found that my beliefs weren't correct. And that's very confronting when you do research and you do it with high integrity. Because what you have spent the last few years finding data on, you have to then re-question, what is it that I am finding? And you have to present your findings to be a researcher with integrity. Research gives you the latest information. So again, if we look at this document that I've been sent or I've seen from a school, it is comparing work that was based in 1996 and then reviewed in 2006, which are the essential skills of classroom management, all the old micro skills. They are now being compared with work that is current in 2022. There are significant differences in classrooms about the changes in students, about the changes in teachers, pedagogy, And all of these things impact on how we present in a classroom. So research gives you the latest information. It doesn't mean that historical research or historical information is not pertinent and may not still be relevant, but it is important to find the links and current research that shows so. Research helps you know what you're up against. What are the pros and cons? And in my research, in my PhD, which has been published, I looked at and we found the things that support my findings but also the things that need to be addressed or future researchers can investigate. We can't cover everything in one researcher. And certainly for me, it tells us what are the strengths, what are the things that are going to challenge us, and how can we move forward? The other things research tells us is it narrows our scope. And sometimes I have been criticised, or I've certainly been in circles where people have criticised, but it is only one thing that you are looking at. If you want research to have depth, then it needs to not be so broad that it can't account for all the possibilities that you can consider in one set of research. It teaches you about better discernment, quite honestly. It gets you to look at low and high quality information. You learn a skill on, it's like we teach students at school, don't use Wikipedia as your foundation source. So you can read an article and you can read something that is an opinion piece and it is very different to a research piece. Research pieces, if you look at, and again, just citing my own work, but look at anybody's PhD or journal articles, and there are often pages of cited articles from where those ideas have come from. It introduces all of us to new ideas. As I said, four dimensions, I am very honest in my workshops, I did not create four dimensions, but I definitely found it, and I found it in the classrooms of the teachers who were having success. My job was then to question, to look at narrowing that scope, to challenge the ideas and looking at the historical research articles to see what supports and what doesn't, to then give you guys, the teachers I work with, the cheat sheet of, hang on, what does this look like and what can I do in my classroom? As researchers, we do the work so that you can apply it in your classrooms. 
I was asked a while ago, Carolyn, what happens when you're 80 or you're no longer working in our classrooms? And I said to that person, I said, because I am now 50, I would hope that in 30 years time, somebody, if not multiple people, have taken the work of four dimensions and pulled it apart, just as I did with many other programs, to look at what is relevant for today's classrooms, what can we adjust or tweak so that it becomes more relevant, and quite honestly, are there things that we truly need to put into a different box or change how we approach them? So research helps with problem solving. It helps you reach people. Through my research, I have created some amazing networks and it has opened my mind up to how to apply different concepts to my research. One thing I was challenged in right to the very end was how I was bringing multiple paradigms together that previously have not been joined. Now, one of my external supervisors actually suggested I be brave enough to bring about and state I have found and created a new paradigm in educational research. I was not quite that game. And in that, I talked about in my paper, under the methodology, the conundrum of bringing multiple research paradigms together in the frame of and the field of education. So for me, it encourages curiosity. And we talk about that is one of the key things that we want in classrooms with teachers, with students. So in my articles that have been published, in my work, one of the ladies I talk about who has done work, Lorna Hepburn, with other researchers, she was one that found the same findings I did around the essential skills of classroom management. Now, neither of us have said, don't use them, but we have talked about the reality of where they sit within our current educational model. For me, that sparked curiosity. What I hope to gain with my research and through the research I read of others is to create a basis of curiosity so that we can build better classrooms. So is research important? Absolutely it is. Should it be the only thing we apply in our classrooms? Absolutely not. Because research should be coupled with the reality of what happens in our classrooms. Here's the trick though. If you source and find good and solid evidence-based practices and research that is current, it will most likely or nearly always be linked to sample sizes. And from that, you can determine whether it will apply to your context. So research is, in essence, actions that happen in classrooms now. Certainly for me, that's where my work stemmed from. And we measured that in multiple stages through observations, through shifting and changing an observation sheet to become the four dimensions, to doing more observations, to surveys, to workshops. There were thousands of hours that went into different sample sizes that brought about the current evidence that I've been able to share with teachers I work with. My job is to spark curiosity. You don't have to agree with it, but what you do need to do is have the respect to cite that research when you use it. You also need to understand that research so that when you use it within your school, it is well-informed practices with other frameworks you're currently using or other research. Don't be lazy. Be that teacher that grabs hold of the knowledge you can have, share it with others and become the researcher yourself. Look forward to catching you on our next podcast. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.